don't give it like a the podcast platform of the Phenomenalist by Leopold Lambert. Today, we have decided not to die. The work of Arakawa and Madeline Gates with Momo Yohoma. Hello everyone, today my guest is uh, Momoyo Homa, who is the uh, director of the Arakawa Games office in Tokyo uh, and uh, situated in the, in the reversible destiny loft, uh, Mitaka, uh, in memory of Helen Keller. Um, and, uh, and that's precisely what we are going to talk about today and uh, more generally the work of Arakawa and Madeleine Gaines. Um, and that has been uh, coming back quite often in my editorial line on uh, The Phenomenalist and even a little bit in Archipelago with a, a previous interview with Madeline Gins herself. Um, uh, hello, Momoya. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Thank you for receiving Hi, me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the receiving me in the, in the loft today. It's a, it's a place I, lo- I always love to be in, so uh, I think it's... Uh, it's Obviously, there could not be a, a better uh, space to, to do this conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Welcome back, Leopold. <laughs> Thank you very it's, much. It's uh, it's the second time. Yes. Here. Mm. Yeah. Which actually allow me to, to say maybe what is my own personal relationship to to uh, the work of Harakawa and Madeline Gins. Uh, I've been collaborating with uh, with Madeline and. Uh, and the uh, New York office um, for a year and a half, um, uh, a few a few months, uh, years ago, um, and uh, and I'm more than ever very 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 interested in uh, the architecture that is being produced by this office. Uh, uh, even though we should also say that uh, Arakawa uh, passed away uh, in two thousand. Uh, 2011 and uh, Madeline Gins more recently in January 2014. So maybe the, pro, the, the, the first thing we should be doing is to uh, really introduce uh, who uh, Shusaku Arakawa and uh, Madeline Gins uh, mm-hmm. were. I mean, we, we usually see that uh, they're of, often described as uh, uh, Arakawa being an artist and Madeline being a poet, but I mean, it's uh, it's actually a little bit more complex than that, and it's one of the rare uh, uh, collabor- lifetime collaboration uh, in artistic works. That's that's very very impressive. So maybe in a few minutes for uh, some of our listeners who might have never heard of them, mm. could, could you maybe describe a little bit their okay. their artistic biography, so to speak? Okay. Well, Arakawa was born in 1936 in Nagoya City, Japan. And uh, Madeline, uh, if my memory is correct, uh, 1941 in New York. Um, Arakawa started his career as an artist since 90, late 50s in Japan. And he joined a group um, named as um, Neo, Neo-Dadaism mm. Organizers. And but uh, he found that um, uh, action through the group uh, activities are not 
um, regarded as serious thing. So he left the group and he started um, exhibiting his own artworks. And I think at the time he was making uh, coffin shape like sculptures, but uh, people, uh, for people uh, at that time, uh, it was very sensational to see um, something which make you um, uh, make you feel um, uncertain and a little bit uh, disturbed. Uh, disturbed. Mm -hmm. So uh, many art critics uh, started uh, chasing Arakawa's uh, artworks, and uh, among them there was a very um, um, very uh, important person whose name is um, Shuzo Takiguchi, art critic, um, poet, um, a friend of Marcel Duchamp. Um, he knew Arakawa and he was so happy to see a young artist in Japan is, is willing to, to express his, um, his passion through his artworks. Uh, which seemed very new to him. So uh, Shuzo Takiguchi uh, recommended Arakawa to, to visit New York to see Marcel Duchamp. Um, and um, also, besides Shuzo Takiguchi, there were some more important people for Arakawa to, to, to decide that he's going to New York. And uh, in the year of 1961, Arakawa went to New York. Um, according to Arakawa, uh, with only $14 in a pocket, and also a recommendation letter by Shuzo Takiguchi to uh, great Marcel Duchamp. And he uh, called Marcel Duchamp from the uh, Genefke airport. <coughs> And uh, he immediately saw um, Marcel Duchamp, and they got they got to know each other. And Marcel Duchamp was uh, surprised to see um, young Japanese artists uh, coming to see him. And uh, so, um, according to Arakawa, since then Marcel Duchamp became a kind of supporter. Of Arakawa. And the year 1962, Arakawa met Madeleine Ginz um, at, I think, uh, uh, Art School of Brooklyn, Brooklyn Museum. Brooklyn Museum. And uh, Madeleine was, um, I think, she was already uh, started um, her career as a poet. But at the same time, she was also uh, painting and she's making her own artworks. And they uh, met each other. They um, they really uh, probably um, um, felt a kind of um, um, connection, connection, <laughs> and a heartbeat. <laughs> and so. Um, after 1962, um, they 
started uh, working together, being together, and uh, they got married in 1965. And um, I've asked once Arakawa uh, why you um, started working with Madeline. How 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 did you meet um, her? And he said, uh, "Well, I met her at." A at an art school and uh, some friends of mine told me that she's crazy and she uh, and uh, uh, be careful and but uh, so I became very interested in knowing her <laughs> and uh, so and we started talking each other and we found that both of us were um, thinking like, uh, in, in some points thinking in, in kind of same way, especially uh, about the fear uh, for the death. So we've started talking how to overcome death and uh, how we can make, how we can create things to let people know that we can probably change the um, concept or, or common sense of death because um, it's, a, it's a regarded as a destiny destiny already decided which we, we never can change but um, who say that uh, probably we have uh, we, we have more opportunity to to see how we can um, change the destiny and so um, so through our conversation we have uh, decided to to um, make a series of work which is entitled as the mechanism of meaning well the mechanism of meaning is a very important work of Araka and Madeline Gins and uh, it uh, consists of more than 100 paintings together with uh, some uh, three-dimensional works. And it's published in a very beautiful book, uh, first, firstly in Germany, and then I think in the States and Japan and, and, and many other countries. But um, their first show, of course, the, the project uh, is still um, uh, working on progress, they say. They never, they never say, this is completed work. Uh, they always say, our work is always working on progress. Well, the Mechanism of Meaning's first show was held in Germany. And it was so sensational because people have never seen that kind of paintings. Uh, it's, uh, um, I would say it's like a huge notebook mm. of exercise, diagrams, uh, diagrams and uh, uh, indication and instruction how to, um, how to exercise yourselves. <laughs> And how to um, to make your mind uh, in different way, 
um, it's hard to describe. But anyway, uh, people really liked it and uh, uh, it was uh, lucky for Arakawa and Madeleine because the famous physicist, um, um, what's his name, Wilner Heisenberg, um, he happened to see the show and he really liked the show and he was so interested in knowing Arakawa and Gins and personally uh, they met each other mm. and uh, uh, Mr. Heisenberg was uh, very happy to, to, to see um, a person from Japan and New York working together it's like um, the marriage of um, oriental and occidental way of thinking which really Arakawa and Madeline wanted to do and uh, uh, Heisenberg decided to invite them to uh, Max Planck's Institute um, school for special school for physicists and, and mathematicians I think and very um, very famous school mm -hmm. That, that that's that's where it, it's getting really interesting and that's uh -huh. that's why I'm, I, I was saying it's so much more complex than just one artist and one poet because yeah. they've wrote they've wrote many books together that are that would uh, if you would need to absolutely put it on a shelf it probably would be in the philosophy department mm -hmm. uh, they've been building architecture as we uh, already briefly uh, introduced uh, through the examples of those left mm -hmm. and they're they're very interested in biosciences in, mm -hmm. in the fact that uh, as you already introduced uh, their, 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 the goal of their, of their work is to rethink of the way we think of uh, life and death mm -hmm. and death in particular and so it's, it's quite interesting we're having this conversation because uh, they're, they're no longer here and we're um, uh, we all have our own, our own way of interpreting this uh, this sort of philosophical scream of we have decided not to die. Right, uh, right. So yeah. uh, mm -hmm. we would ask uh, Yoka Post, uh, the director of the New York office, she would have a, she would have a way of explaining it. Mm -hmm. uh, many intellectuals that's been writing about them would mm -hmm. have another way of explaining it. Uh, I've been trying to articulate uh, a, an idea around it as well, mostly based on a, some sort of. A, uh, interpretation of Spinozist philosophy and uh, mm -hmm. the sentence of the definition of life given by uh, Xavier Bichat in mm -hmm. 1800 who say life is the ensemble of functions that resist to death but uh, you obviously have your own interpretation as well yeah. so <laughs> I, I, I would very much want to ask you mm -hmm. uh, uh, because uh, we keep every time we say explain that to someone who never heard about it. We say, "Oh, Arakawa and Madeline Gins are the artists or architects or mm -hmm. whatever uh, who wants to build spaces for people not to die." Mm -hmm. And people interpret that as they 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 they're immediate, and that's that's why we see we are so much uh, 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 we are so much influenced in the way we think about death. The, what they hear is not the sentence a space for people not to die they mm -hmm. hear a space for people to be immortal mm -hmm. which is very 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 different thing mm. uh, and and so so could you could you maybe uh, introduce to the listeners what would be your own interpretation of this sort of uh, uh, 
manifesto uh, mm. gathered in this one sentence we have decided not to die we have decided not to die well it uh, it is also the title of the, the big show of mm. Baraka and Madeline at Guggenheim Soho in 1997 um, and uh, uh, in that show uh, they also exhibited uh, a series of the mechanism of meaning I mean the mechanism of meaning is the beginning of the the whole mm. uh, whole work of uh, their life, and uh, uh, if you see carefully, you will notice that all everything is uh, related to our body. Um, Arakawa uh, once uh, once told me that he wanted to be a doctor uh, when he was very young, and he uh, he really. Um, was about to 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 start studying uh, medicine, but he realized that doctors are just kind of repairmen. Um, they they try to repair the part which you uh, were damaged, and doctors are never um, achieved to to. Um, to to make you healthier than before, and uh, um, so he he thought well um, so maybe um, the concept of uh, overcome death is something very new to the world, and so uh, I think it's better to be an artist because artists always. Um, give us uh, the new way of thinking and uh, very new aspect to the world so um, so definitely um, to to, um, to change the uh, to change your life uh, to be a person immortal is definitely very new thing to the world well, so um, the the title we have decided not to die shows uh, their uh, determination and also manifesto, as you say, and uh, also um, he, uh, they were expecting people's reaction, like, well, what does it mean? We have decided not to die, but uh, we all die. So how can I, how can you do that? So um, it's kind of uh, calling the reaction mm. title. And uh, Arakawa said, or Arakawa and Madeline always used to say, well, using your body. And so people will, would say, well, but how? Uh, we all know that our body is also aging and... Uh, um, will die someday. And Arakawa said, well, so maybe you are thinking the death in from very uh, um, narrow aspect, because death, uh, we never know what does the death mean. And uh, probably we, will, we would disappear from this world, but it doesn't mean that you die. Well, it doesn't mean that 
the end of everything because your something will remain in this world. For example, um, we talk about uh, our great-grandmother and uh, reminding her uh, reminding her cooking or something like that and probably it's part of her remaining in this world so in that moment she's here with us um, we, we would say she's here with us of course she's not in the same shape as she used to be but she somehow we can feel her uh, when we were we talk about her. So, does that mean she died forever? Probably she's alive at that moment. And those moments, if we um, connect uh, those moments, um, maybe um, without seeing her shape, figure. Um, we can we can we can have her together so uh, but uh, it's hard to experience that kind of thing in our ordinary life everyday life because we are so busy everybody's busy in in this world today so um, Arakawa decided to to study architecture by himself because he thought that architecture is um, is a container of uh, your body. It's ubiquitous as well. It's everywhere. It's everywhere, yeah. So um, Madeline and Arakawa started uh, concentrating on architecture. And uh, maybe from 80s, 80s, 90s. And uh, try to try to uh, find uh, how they can create space for uh, people who would be um, immortal. Mm -hmm. mm. Um, maybe before going to the next uh, aspect of the of the work, uh, there was those two quotes that I found particularly interested in mm -hmm. in, in this. Uh, in this vision of death, one one is uh, uh, coming from Duchamp himself, and mm -hmm. uh, his uh, epitaph on, on his own grave mm -hmm. is uh, "It's only others, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's others. only others mm -hmm. who die," which I find very interesting uh, for other reasons I tried to write about in the past. But um, and uh, another one in uh, Madeleine's uh, uh, book, as a, um, "What the President Will Say and Do." Uh, written in the in the late seventies, if I remember mm -hmm. correctly, uh, uh, which is a, which has a chapter which is for me one of the most beautifully written uh, feminist manifesto called "All Men Are Sisters," uh, so mm -hmm. with uh, a whole lot of humor as well. But who, who kind of joke joke on their? I mean, is she joking? I don't know. But uh, we, we take the the Socrates. Uh, 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 Axiom is like all men are mortal, mm -hmm. and uh, and Madeline say, well, all men are mortal, but maybe women are not. <laughs> and and uh, the, I I really recommend reading of it as well because it's it's uh, fantastic. Mm -hmm. But but so let's go back to the architecture. That uh, now that we are at this point uh, of uh, biography, so to speak, where uh, Madeline and Arakawa are interested in creating uh, uh, spaces that for the body, uh, 
so what we call architecture, uh, where where this could be thought as only one thing, the body and the architecture mm-hmm. all together, and they call that the architectural body, which uh, has an entire book dedicated to it. Um, but one thing that I'm very, very interested in, and I mean, it's not innocent, I'm asking this question in, uh, in this... Uh, in this space that is called uh, Reversible Destiny Loft uh, at Mitaka in memory of Helen Keller. Uh, so I would like to talk about Helen Keller and maybe mm-hmm. by introducing my, my question by some sort of uh, fascination that I, that I have in the fact that when architects design buildings, and I should know <laughs> because mm-hmm. I'm an architect, mm-hmm. uh, uh, they always think of a very limited amount of bodies they're building it for. Actually, sometimes I even think about only one, and it's the most normative body. Usually, I mean, uh, uh, it's usually a, a man, not a woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything, everything that takes its measure measure in architecture would be dedicated to this one body, uh, this this idea of a normal body. Um, and so we really limit ourselves by doing so because uh, somehow there it develops a violence on every body that does not everybody that does not fit with this image of their normal mm-hmm. body for which architecture has been designed. And so this is not to say that Arakawa and Madeleine Gins don't have a body in mind when they design their architecture, but maybe they are really a little bit more uh, humble in what a body is and what a body can do uh, to again uh, quote Spinoza what a body can do mm-hmm. uh, but uh, they might have one particular body they're thinking of when they're designing their architecture mm-hmm. which is the body of Helen Keller mm-hmm. uh, so uh, Helen Keller who uh, is called by society as being blind and deaf and mute uh, obviously one is never blind and deaf and mute by essence is that ever uh, there is only blind people because there is non-blind people. So mm-hmm. the, uh, 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 and and the world the world is built for the others. Uh, but so what if what if there was an architecture built for this this uh, this bodies that is marginalized within our society? And Helen Keller, uh, could you could you tell us more about about this particular aspect of mm-hmm. uh, of their work? Well, um, Helen Keller. Uh, well, Madeline told me that um, she. Um, when she uh, knew Helen Keller first through Arakawa, um, she thought, well, this story is maybe too sentimental. But um, Madeline one day found Helen Keller's signature and she was surprised because the signature of Helen Keller was so similar to Arakawa's um, paintings, some lines on Arakawa's paintings. So she changed her mind and she became um, 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 interested in, in Helen Keller's life. And Arakawa, um, well, in Japan, it's very popular to um, to learn about Helen Keller's story when when we are children. So almost everybody in Japan knows the, the story of Helen Keller. And um, so we are um, uh, told like she's uh, um, um, uh, 
Mm. I forgot the word. Miracle, miracle, miracle person. Sorry. <laughs> um, and Can you re-say miracle person? I will let it. Mm -hmm. She is. Yeah, she's. Uh, so we are told that Helen Keller is a miracle person because she lost uh, her hearings and, and sight, eyesight, and uh, when she was before she she became two years old but she um, according to Arakawa uh, she recreated her body by herself by herself and uh, with great support of her um, famous teacher uh, Miss Sullivan and her family friends so this the circumstance uh, surrounding her uh, encouraged her to recreate her body. Um, that, that's what Arakawa told us. So if Helen Keller have, had achieved in doing that, probably we can do that too. So that means our body has uh, incredible ability uh, inside, but we we were not uh, realized that. So um, Helen Keller never um, never could see something with her eyes, but using her body, um, using other senses, he she could see things, and uh, that means that our body has. Um, um, has possibility to 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 create more number of senses like hundreds or, or thousands and um, so Arakawa and Madeline uh, tried to try to find a way to, to pull out your extension of your body uh, try to pull more senses number of senses from your body using architecture. So that's why they, uh, they always regard Helen Keller as a model when they think of architecture project. Mm -hmm. um, and so, so in the second part of this conversation, I'd like maybe to focus on the space we're in right now. So mm -hmm. it's one of the, one of the loft of, uh, um, one of the lofts that, um, uh, in which the visits are organized, uh, to, to show people uh, this architecture mm -hmm. and maybe um, with the help of uh, photos that I, mm -hmm. I will add to the page oh, yes. uh, could, could you maybe describe to us uh, the, the various uh, yeah, uh, tactics yeah. uh, okay. procedures that um, Madeline Gins and Arakawa have been using to design this space mm -hmm. in relation to this manifesto that we, mm -hmm. we've been talking about Okay, first of all, you'll be surprised with this bumpy floor. And, uh, uh, well, uh, as you know, uh, Bioscleve House in East Hampton, mm -hmm. New York, also has uh, bumps on the floor. And all, the floor itself is slanted. And uh, if, you, uh, if you see carefully, the, you will notice that the, the ceiling also is slanted. 
um, Arakawa always um, said that these bumps will stimulate your uh, arches of your foot, feet, and um, and if you look at your feet, you will find uh, almost everybody has arches, right? And uh, there is no straight line on our feet. So that means that um, uh, compared to the, the flat floor, um, uh, this bumpy floor is more natural to our body. Um, if we imagine of animals, they never sleep in, in, in a very flat floor in the nature. They try to find a kind of cave or some uh, safe space uh, protecting themselves. And so you will see many corners, uh, like corner space in this uh, apartment as well. So once we had a, uh, we had um, residents who had cat a cat and dog, and I asked them how 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 they are, and they say, well, they really love this floor. So this floor um, is very natural to animals, maybe. And uh, um, uh, in addition to that, uh, we've received um, many people who are. Um, already in 70s or even 80s and um, first of all we were a little bit worrying about um, um, them because uh, some people uh, appeared here with a cane and uh, um, we were about to say well it's dangerous uh, please be careful but we tried to put up um, in saying that because Arakawa used to say, well, this is perfect for elderly people, so uh, you'd better see them, how, how they manage, how they manage the floor. And th that's true. Um, they came in and uh, they, of course, surprised and uh, they say, wow, well, what a floor, this is so bumpy. But gradually they start work walking and uh, once uh, it was a very great experience. I took my mother here and she has difficult, she's handicapped, she, she cannot walk without her cane. But uh, when she was here, she said, well, I don't need my cane here because this floor is so, uh, so secure for me, I can feel like my foot, each foot is grabbing each bump, and so uh, I feel so secure with this floor. And I, I, I was very happy, and uh, uh, obviously for children, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of play playground, and they immediately started start running on this bumpy floor. So, um, you see the photo, it's uh, very um, unique, but uh, I would say, please come and experience the floor. You cannot, uh, maybe you cannot um, uh, understand through the photos only. 
But anyway, um, the floor is obviously the first thing that I have to mention. And also um, slanting floor and ceiling. Um, slanting floor and ceiling is uh, Araka and Madeline's try to 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 um, to break your uh, image of the sides. So one day you see more uh, uh, like taller than you are, or uh, if you move to the other side, you become uh, shorter, or uh, you can switch uh, that with your family. Um, maybe your partner becomes so big and you become very small, depending on the where you are. So moving your body, uh, moving uh, inside of this apartment, your size may change all the time. So it means that the scale is not only one scale in this world. Uh, your body could be scale of uh, your world. And uh, it's also um, 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 trying to say that um, you don't have to believe in, in your um, common image that that person is tall or short mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, it's, so it's something we find a lot. I mean, I, I hope I won't be, uh, uh, that won't be some kind of orientalism from me to say, but I feel mm -hmm. that's something you, you find a lot in Japanese garden uh, yeah, as well, so. in, in yeah. how maybe a little garden of moss, moss can, if, mm -hmm. you, if you really fathom mm. or maybe you cannot fathom but if you try to fathom the that this entire garden could be an entire world mm -hmm. in itself uh, all in a sudden your relationship to your own body uh, completely completely change and uh, uh, this is something we find we find a lot in the architecture uh, mm -hmm. uh, maybe we should say that there's been a five built architecture by uh, Arika Wen Gins mm -hmm. and uh, this is a definitely a recurrent thing uh, always Uh, so moving, uh, moving maybe to the ceiling, we see mm -hmm. all those uh, all those oh, hooks. Silver. Yeah, silver uh, hooks. Could yeah. you could you tell us about it? Yeah, this is uh, this is also a very uh, unique suggestion to maybe uh, developers of housing complex in Japan, I think. But uh, you'll see um, in this apartment, you 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 never see any closet closet space. Um, You will find some drawers, but uh, um, you don't have a um, big closet as uh, other apartments today um, um, always have. So, um, Araka and Gin's uh, suggestion is uh, try to put your belongings, put your things to the ceiling so that you will have more space And uh, looking at the ceiling, uh, you see many hooks, uh, silver rings. You can you can um, you can just hang your things from the ceiling, and each hook uh, um, uh, is quite strong. Like uh, it's available to hang like 100 to 150 kilos. So um, some residents are uh, set. 
big furniture mm. uh, to the ceiling and it put everything on the ceiling. Mm. Yeah. What about uh, the sphere room? Oh, sphere room, yeah. <laughs> Definitely people, an people, important yes, aspect. Yes, yes, people just love it. Mm. Um, I, I slept in it. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's yeah. right, that's right. Um, yeah. This sphere room, I think it's uh, one and only in the world. Uh, sphere, completely sphere room in a, in a resident, residential apartment. And... Uh, um well well uh you can enjoy the echo of your voice inside of a sphere and uh it's also um 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 it's also space to feel your your um not heavy your weight, weight. Mm -hmm. the weight and And also, um, Arakawa and Madeline used to work so hard on studying uh, suitable space for uh, autism, autistic, autistic people. Mm. And uh, they found that um, something like sphere room uh, is perfect for them, perfect for them to, to be released. Uh, have you ever seen the machine uh, for autistic person? There is a there is a very sad machine to calm those oh, yes. those people down. Yeah. It's like um, um, folding your yeah. body. It was invented by a Temple Grandin, I think. Oh yeah, uh, that it's like it, she she got this idea from the from the slaughterhouses uh -huh. mechanism to uh, calm the cattle in, oh. in, that oh. goes to slaughterhouse. So that oh. that says a lot about your about the fact that you you call it sad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, uh, I would say sad because mm -hmm. when I saw it, uh, it's 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 so obvious that it uh, that there is a purpose. For the machine, to 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 certain type of people, but um, so if if we set the spherum instead instead of machine, uh, we never uh, we never realize who's um, who wants to uh, be quiet, who wants to calm calm him down or something. And uh, actually, we've received a group of people who have difficulties, like uh, um, s um, some some blind people, some deaf people, and uh, some autistic people all together. And uh, one of them, um, he was a, a child of like 10 years old, and he's... Uh, Um, he's autist and uh, he uh, when he was walking on this bumpy floor he was maybe too excited and he um, he became too excited and a little bit confused so we encouraged him to, to, to go into the sphere room and he went 
into the room and he um, all of a sudden he became very quiet and, and he started singing in a very beautiful way so we were very happy to, to see the evidence that Araka and Madeline always used to say this is this is also this loft uh, is also for people um, uh, like autistic people. Hmm. You were you were talking about corners uh, earlier in uh, uh, maybe the place where animals and obviously mm -hmm. humans being animals as well uh, uh, go to find to to have their little uh, territory. Uh, mm -hmm. oh, and, yes. and I'm yeah. thinking that the sphere room uh, might be geometrically as geometrically defined uh, um, every point of a sphere is somehow a corner it's an inclination and so maybe the sphere room is the mm. absolute corner in the fact that it it, it is it becomes so so many corners that it becomes atmospheric in, in maybe even more than uh, architectural it's, it's very interesting mm -hmm. um Maybe to finish this conversation, could you tell us a little bit more about uh, what the Tokyo office is doing, mm -hmm. uh, uh, specifically in this uh, in these housing buildings? And mm -hmm. uh, I think you're hosting uh, uh, some tours, as you mentioned, and some mm -hmm. workshops. And uh, I, th I think it'd be great to finish the conversation uh, by the, this aspect of things. Okay. Well, um, it's uh, it's been almost um, 10 years since we uh, completed this uh, reversible Disney loft. But our office has established in 2002 because uh, uh, until then, Arakawa and Madeline Gins, uh, those artists, uh, basically in New York. And uh, they've been working based in New York with New York office. But at that time, um, Arakawa had, um, was coming to Japan so often because he was looking for possibilities to 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 make architecture projects in Japan, and uh, among other possibilities, um, he found that Nagoya City is willing to study more on architecture project of Araka and Madeline, so he uh, he wanted to um, establish their office in Japan and uh, um, so we um, we just made a small simple office for the Nagoya project and along with the Nagoya project it was a, a housing complex um, uh, owned by Nagoya City designed by Araka and Gins but uh, Araka and Madeline at the same time wanted to uh, make their own 100% uh, Araka and Gins designed uh, housing complex. So we started um, uh, doing research on um, where to make and uh, we have uh, selected of course Tokyo um, and uh, so uh, that was the story. We needed first. First of all, they needed office in Japan, and we opened the office. and The first project was Nagoya City's housing complex and uh, this loft in Mitaka. And um, I was appointed as a director 
of the office and um, so I worked I started working with Arakawa but since um, since then um, I became more um, how can I say well um, before I met Arakawa I used to work as a, um, art promoter uh, specializing in Latin American and Central American art because I used to live there. But after I met Arakawa, I, um, I started so interested in architecture of them because architecture um, uh, by Arakawa and Gins is so different from, from architecture that we know uh, already. And so, um, yeah, I became so uh, enthusiastic in, in supporting and working with them. And so, in this uh, in this office, and again, we'll we'll come back more specifically to those uh, to those loft to those uh, housing uh, uh, apartments uh, designed by Arakawa and Madden Gint. But uh, uh, once again, just to introduce the topic, mm -hmm. is that um, could you tell us maybe about the the visit and the workshops that you're you've been doing consistently here? And we we actually just uh, uh, I just attended one uh, okay. with like 30, 30 second year students in architecture in in Taiwan. Uh, that was fascinating to yeah. to observe. Yeah. It's amazing to 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 see such a um, many people here, but. Um, this reversible Disney loft is consisted consisted of nine apartments, only nine apartments, and um, among them, uh, five of them we have residents, and and two of the rest we are using as a kind of weekly stay, short stay room, and uh, and the rest two uh, for our office, mm. office of uh, Arakawankin. So um, it's hard to receive uh, guests all the time. I mean, uh, we have to um, we have to ask people to make a reservation to visit because uh, sometimes we don't have any apartment available to show. So we started organizing a tour, architecture tour, um, which takes around 90 minutes, one hour and a half, uh, and set the certain dates. Uh, we've been holding like twice or three, four times per month, and we uh, receive almost, uh, well, we, we've already received more than 10,000 people. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing to know uh, so many people are interested in knowing our architecture of our Madmenkins. And uh, uh, probably you may feel like, well, 90 minutes, it's very long for an architecture tour of such a small apartment. But actually, we need uh, at least one hour or one hour and a half to um, to explain um, every element that are so important for uh, reversible Disney lofts. And uh, I don't want to explain 
all of them in words, in just words. We, I would like people to experience the space. So we encourage people to participate in, in, in um, moving around and uh, uh, sometimes lying down the floor. The floor is uh, obviously bumpy floor, um, which people have become so curious. Or uh, sometimes, uh, as this loft is uh, dedicated to Helen Keller, uh, we uh, organize a workshop uh, to, to put people um, in blindfold walking so that um, people can experience why, well, a part of why, part of why it's dedicated for Helen Keller. So, um, and each, each tour, um, the capacity is like 20 to 25 people because of the space. But uh, um, sometimes we are asked by a, a, a big tour like today, we were asked like 60 high school students are coming. So um, we had to divide into two groups to experience everything. Mm -hmm. But uh, um, we probably we've started this architecture tour um, like seven, eight years uh, before. And uh, we've found that people really can understand uh, why it's called reversible destiny or it's uh, called architecture against death well um, uh, according to Eric Van Gins uh, through the experience of the space mm -hmm. okay well Momoyo thank you so much for uh, your time uh, to describe uh, this amazing uh, life that is uh, uh, going on in the in the reversible destiny loft in Mitaka here in Tokyo and uh, I invite obviously anyone who's uh, interested and who is visiting Tokyo to to come do one of those tours or even to actually even better to to stay in mm, one of the great in one of the loft. yeah that's much better thank you mm -hmm. very much thank you very much <laughs>